Hello, and welcome to this episode of Conscious Design. I'm Ian Peterman, your host and author of the Conscious Design book. I'm here with Jan Baranek, founder and CEO of U+. They work with Fortune 1000 companies with over 100 digital businesses with a combined valuation of $1 billion that they've launched. He also mentors with Google in the Bay Area, and we're here to talk about how to make an impact, startups, and making the world a better place. So welcome to the show. Good to have you. Thanks, Ian. Good to be here. Awesome. So starting with, you know, everybody loves a good backstory. So you work in the startup space and you work with a, a lot, having launched over 100. That is quite a few digital businesses to launch. How did you get to where you're at, where working with startups is now your life you you do that day in and day out now mm -hmm. yeah so i started coding and designing when i was 14 um and that's oh. started there i founded u plus when i was 20 uh while i was still at the university and it was always a vessel for learning for me that was also around mm. that time when uh, you know the marketing agencies uh were discovering that digital is, is a is a big portion of the mix that you know now is now is a given but back then right. nobody really understood it so it was uh, people like me, uh, very early on, that had you know comparatively limited knowledge uh, with the with the rest of what's what was going on with in, in the mix. But I was the one that could get things done, and that's how U Plus originally uh, started. Uh, but we wanted to move to sort of longer projects with more impact, and that's how we got to corporate innovation. Um, yeah. And um, and then I was the first one, and then you know hundred hundred projects later, hundred businesses later. Um, there's a big process, an international team, uh, there's good results behind it. Um, so it was a sort of path of discovery, I would say, and learning. Uh, and I always say that I started as a designer and developer and, and became a CEO by, by accident. <laughs> well, it sounds like a happy accident, though, because you're, you're able to do a lot more from where you're at than if you're you know, just a developer. Um, along the way, you, you know, you've said there's a, a learning process, right? So what are some of the things that on your journey, you, you mentioned wanting to work with projects that have more impact. But what kind of, what started you along that journey? Because not everyone decides, oh, I want to do more impact. Sometimes it's just, oh, we want to do bigger projects because it's easier to do, you know, one project over a couple of years than a bunch of tiny ones. So what, what did really drove you towards that impact side? Um, well, if we define impact as, as helping people and, and positively, that's, I, I think that came a little bit later, the impact on, on seeing that the work that you're doing is a little bit more long lasting, I think just comes with experience and with the time that you do in a particular industry, right? With the marketing stuff that we did early on, it was, you know, it was the landing page here, it was a couple of banners there. And then three months, nobody knows what, what it was, right? So it's good right. for learning, but it's not good for, you know, looking uh, uh, looking you know behind at what you've done and seeing okay this is actually how I've improved here this is what I've done so I wanted to have I want to see the impact of the work that, that we were doing on mm -hmm. you know um, more capitalist things like bottom line and things like that and an improvement in efficiency etc and I knew that it could be done through software right it's only later you know in the past couple of years where uh, you know we've We've achieved a lot, and uh, I looked back and, and saw, you know, back then it was maybe 60, 70 uh, businesses that we brought to market and, and the billion dollar 
valuation that we that we uh, that we sort of calculated. And I said, well, is how are we helping the planet this way? And and if we were, if I was frank with with, with myself, I was like, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that we're helping in a in a in a super positive, long-lasting way. We're definitely helping our customers achieve their business goals. But how can right. we set up the environment so that the business goals are aligned um, more with where we need to be as a society, right? And as you as you began to make that shift, right, you're already proven, oh, we can create things that make sense from a business standpoint. You're making profit. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. with, with building valuation, you're, it's measurable and success in that way. What were some of the things that you... Was there resistance to shifting or how did you start to shift over and keep it making sense for business to say, okay, yeah, let's, let's make you profit and let's see how we can do something that improves the planet in some way. Right. So, so I think it's a, it's an unanswered question still. What is the best model for it? There are many right. different organizations like the Grameen organizations or Unisocial Business. Um, but, but for us, it was really, um, right now we're starting to get more requests for things like that. Um, but, um, but from, from my side, it was a discovery of when you say impact, impact is a super loaded word. You don't, you, you never know what it means. Right? right. So trying to really understand, I spent nine months, uh, with two partners trying to understand what the space even looks like spoke with, um, impact investors here in the Bay area in Sweden, Pretty much all around the world, and trying to define what is what is impact, right? What is what is impact for them, and for for each one, uh, it was something something very different. But but I think we found a good definition that I liked, which was as a social impact business uh, that an impact investor would invest in is is such that for every unit of uh, profit generates a unit of impact, and the CEO cannot decide to. Uh, to make a trade-off between those, right? Because as as, mm. as long as you can't, as as long as they can, um, that's it's not you know in tough times it's going to be profit because that's what you know keeps you afloat, right? right? So um, and I've started thinking about okay, so how can how can we infuse the business models that that we're trying to build with these large uh, organizations with this sort of a thinking so that automatically when it becomes successful it automatically becomes impactful, right? So we've. Ultimately, you've written a about 50-page report on how startups, uh, how tech startups can be scalable, profitable, but also impactful and, and contribute to solving not only the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals, that we now know that are not going to be met right, by 2030. So we'll need new ones. Um, so we also took a stab at like, what are the grand challenges of the 21st century that need to be solved, right? And how can startups do it? So, so that was published, I think, a year and a half ago. And since then, one of my partners founded a, a, a venture fund. Uh, with the other one, we created a platform call, called Moonshot Platform um, that helps mm. exactly these types of startups with uh, connections to either mentors, investors, other you know hiring, things like that. And in terms of U+, um, we're starting to implement it into the methodology that, um, that we use to achieve, sort of find and achieve product market fit. Uh, and scale for these businesses that we bring to markets. Got it. And so you, like what you pointed out, right? It's not, you don't have to have the trade-off. And that's something when I talk to to companies and, and startups, there's still a pretty strong belief that it it's somewhat of an either or process, right? You have, you have to somehow trade off 
in what you've been doing and what you've been seeing and, and how you communicate with people, what are the things that you use or can show people to say that, you know, basically prove the whole, you don't have to have the trade-off. We can actually have a positive impact and still be profitable. How, how do you navigate that, that kind of conversation of helping people get, get on board and understand that? Right. So I think there are three, two, two, two or three aspects to it. One aspect that certainly pushed this forward is I think the top 100 companies in the US or globally signed a pledge that business of business is no longer only business, right? Because I think 2018 or 2019, uh, Apple and such companies signed that business of businesses is, yes, to be profitable, but also to positively impact the communities that you're a part of and global society in general, right? So, so that's a massive shift because for the longest time, it's been just more money, right? And that's no longer the case, right? right? And, and the biggest companies are already subscribed to it. So that's that part. And the so let's say top down and the bottom up part of that is, well, you have millennials, I'm a millennial, you have people who come to the workforce and, uh, and they wanna see purpose in what they're doing, right? Um, and they wanna see that uh, what, the effort that they put into the work has some sort of a positive outcome apart from making money, right? So it's, it's demand bottom, bottom up. And I think the third portion is also people are now realizing there's enough, like we no longer can be uh, complacent with the climate change and people see that it's, you know, th there are, you know, secondary or secondhand effects to just focusing on making money uh, and not taking into account either of the other humans around or just the planet in general. Right? So, so there are factors that, in, you know, independent of what I want to do, I think are happening in the world and making making the path easier for everyone. Yeah, you, so you mentioned too that both the environmental impact but also the social impact. Mm -hmm. Do you, in those conversations, do you usually find that that's it's both? So it's, it's really approaching and looking at both kind of impacts, be your fellow humans and the environment, or is there more, more focus or leaning one way or the other in, in the conversations you've been having? Um, everybody has their own view from, from their own business model, right? So if you ask, uh, if you ask the, the, the impact investors here in, in the Bay Area, at least the ones that I spoke with, they said, well, what does it mean for you? And they said, well, it means half an FTE that we need to add um, that is that sort of hits our bottom line, but that's the person who helps the startups uh, with setting the right metrics. Uh, that sort of does the reporting for us and for them, uh, so that we know that actually they're sticking to their mission. Uh, because a, a lot of these impact investors also have mission drift clauses that, like, if we invest into you mm -hmm. because you're focusing on solar panels, if you're going to focus on some nonsense like uh, clean coal or something, we're not we're not going to invest in you right and we're going to pull the money so there's there's an impact like from their side that's that's the um th that that's that's how they that's how they see see the impact and for them it's it's relatively i would say irrelevant if they're sort of general enough if it's social or or environmental it's pick pick a couple of metrics one or one or a couple of metrics that you can measure that you can show that you have impact so it could be uh, local community job generation. It could be tons of CO2 uh, not in the atmosphere, right? It could be things like that, but things that you can report against. Uh, because if you're trying to, there, there are multiple different ways of, 
of calculating the abstract impact, right? right? But those are very academic, right? So everybody's just trying to focus on something that they can measure that's tangible, where you can see where you can see the difference, right? So, but if you look at, for example, human health, um, and you look at clean air as one of the aspects, um, well, there's going to be an environmental, uh, you know, piece to it, but also social impact, right? Because if mm-hmm. I was born in in the most polluted part of central Central Europe, because we're fr- we're downwind in a ditch from a massive ironworks, right? I got it. I got it good. But now the kids that were born after me, 90, 99% of them have asthma. So what is the um, efficiency toll for these people later in their life? You know, there, there's there's multiple different aspects, right? So you have somebody polluting here, you don't have clean air, maybe these people could have been athletes, they aren't, they could have, you know, performed other feats um, uh, mm-hmm. of even, you know, that put their brain into in, into work and they, and they can for, for various reasons, right? So I think rarely it is just, just one, uh, like a one um, dimension that you look at. Yeah, it's, and that's, that's been my, when you actually start to think about impact you can't really pull apart at least i don't think you can really pull apart those two impacts environmental and social and and things like that because it's so once you dive in you realize it's all just dominoes (laughs) and messing with messing with one always there's something else that that gets triggered when you when you start positively or negatively impacting them so so i think so i agree and and i think that then just picking a couple of metrics that are tangible that you can report against and can be uh, the north star for your team and decisions that you make internally uh like for example b corps have to uh, i think that mm-hmm. i think that's a good start right and then you have companies right i i forgot i apologize forgot the name there's a company that does uh like a large property management um like in in manhattan um, it's a, it's a tech platform that, you know, switches on and off lights and heating in areas where people aren't right during mm. the night, et cetera. And you have a couple massive skyscrapers there in the system. Suddenly there's a peaker plant in New Jersey that doesn't have to turn on. Right. So it's a positive outcome of implementing this technology mm-hmm. that, you know, you're saving CO2 that doesn't have to go into the atmosphere. Right. So, so, so there, there are things like that you wouldn't think that have positive impact or, but, but if they're part of the mission of that company, then you're going to make decisions and you're going to reach out to those people, et cetera. And I think in this example, again, apologize, but the, I forgot what the name of the company is. The Peaker Plan actually reached out to them because they saw a difference. Hey, it's Ian here. So glad you're enjoying this episode of Conscious Design. If you want the full scoop on Conscious Design, what it is, how we do it, how you can do it, then check out our book. We wrote it so creative entrepreneurs like you can code social and environmental responsibility right into your brand's DNA. You can download the first chapter for free. Link is in the description. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Wow. Yeah, and I think I think that's an interesting. I, I talked to a couple of people recently, and the idea of efficiency is also usually to tied with sustainability in one way or another. Is there a lot of like like that example? You're being more efficient with your building management. You're you're not paying for lighting and heating and cooling and those things if no one's there, which is financially efficient. It's energy efficient, and thereby it's also actually being environmentally efficient if you're not kicking on an extra 
extra little plant to, to pump out energy for it. Uh, it. When you're looking at software, because uh, software is your, your realm, what are the things, are there, what are the top things that you can look at as a software company as, in terms of being more sustainable, make, improving the, your impact? What are the things that if you were to, you know, Look at a new startup. What are the top things you'd say? These are, these are the areas that software can really, really have this impact. And I ask, I, in the in the tangible world that I live in, it's really easy. Well, don't use plastic. Use you know bamboo. Don't we can material swap out is is kind of a really easy thing for people to grasp. But on the software side, you know, there's it's a little bit more etheric for some people. So how do you how do you ground that into what what real impact can be with software? I think the uh, the motivations of a startup in terms of the the, the immediate uh, sustainability, or let's say, if you connect it to climate change, that would be thing like things like you keep your service running all the time, right? But the motivation of them is already connected because everything is now in the cloud, right? So and you pay per use, right? So you're trying to minimize the use while maximizing the the output that you're getting out of it, right? So so that's a good lever that those startups have. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure if there's anything, um, anything else like from from a software perspective. That's a good question. Maybe I'm I'm just ignorant uh, on this, but the way we're we're looking at that piece is is more. Um, we have a global workforce. We have 23, maybe now more nationalities in a, in about a hundred person team, um, mm -hmm. and we're generating profit in many different parts of the world through their work. So how can we stay true to being a, a good global citizen and reinvesting into those areas, right? So we're looking mm -hmm. at, and certainly it's, it's a, from an accounting and financial perspective, it's relatively complicated. So I've been talking about it for a year and we still haven't implemented it, but the model is still the same. How can we redistribute parts of the profit uh, that are generated from those areas into local communities in those areas mm -hmm. um, and, have, and have the people that are, from there have a say in where it goes, but also so it's aligned with the um, company ideals, right? So now when you have 23 nationalities, you know, we have Canadians, Americans, we have all sorts of Europeans. We have people from Africa, from the Middle East. So we have people in Russia. So how do you, how do you align on a, on a set of similar causes that you can apply across right so that you're forced for force for good so that's what we're thinking about uh basically a a, a profit redistribution scheme into local communities um where where people have a have a say in where it goes but it's it's part of a uh, one direction for the whole company so that's how we're thinking about it so more social engineering rather than software engineering in this case well, i love that idea because that's so many companies these days aren't just one you know, the, the, the kind of the day where you're, you have an office in one city and you just, that's your company, that's, that's kind of dead <laughs> in, in, yeah. in a lot of ways. So I think that's a great, that's a great idea to be able to help it be local while, while still being at such a distributed, you know, 23, 23 nationalities. That's a, that's a lot of countries and places, yeah. places to be, to be touching, but to impact. And, and and there's anecdotal financial sense to this, right? So it's not like you cut, let's say, 10% of your profit away. Um, the, the financial sense behind it is if you look at um, the most performing companies, those are the ones that have the most engaged employees. There's something like a 
17% difference uh, against peers if you have higher, like the highest engaged employees, like 99% percentile engaged employees versus, versus not, right? So if it's 17% more, more uh, sorry, 17% higher shareholder return because more engaged employees. So what let's, then the question should be, so well, how do you engage employees? Well, engaged employees are the ones that find purpose in the work that they do, right? And show up and want to do it, right? So, and one of the best ways to uh, to have them engaged and have them connected to the purpose of what they do is, is to have positive impact on the communities that they live in, right? So it can be that force of good there, right? So, so if you follow the chain of logic, I don't know, there's probably some ratios there that maybe doesn't work out, but there's financial logic as well that from a very capitalist perspective, yes, you cut away maybe 10% of your profit, but you... I, you know, that you have, there's an investment uh, that you're making that uh, can return 17%, right? So that's right. how I, that's how I turn capitalists on this idea. It's like, <laughs> I, I mean, anybody that if, if you uh, spend $10 and get 17 back, that's, that's a pretty good, pretty good deal. So yep. I mean, people do spend 10 and get 11 back and call that, call that winning. So uh, <laughs> better, better returns than, than uh, a lot of other things. So that's a, uh, it makes a lot of sense and yeah the whole efficiency part it's a huge that's a huge thing right like the engaged and like you said especially with millennials and the workforce the workforce age is is shifting the the generation generation is moving so yep. most of the workforce you know there's a lot of retiring there's even more retiring through the pandemic and now we have a larger workforce that really does care about these things and and votes by it's starting where they, to where it's they start, work. It's starting to. Well, I've done I've done research right on on, on this um, on the on the makeup of, of companies, and I've found that there's a, there's a literally a quote from me now in in a book about um, I don't know if it's already published or not um, from from people who from uh, from uh, professors at Berkeley because uh, I spoke with them and I told them this like uh, our society is mentally ill people leading people who don't want to be there, which is based on a couple stats. And one of them is 75% of top executives and founders have mental health issues. Like it just do. Uh, I had a panic attack three years ago. That's a relatively strong one. And they started talking to my friends who are exactly the sort of people. And they're like, oh, you need these bills or I'm going to give you another like, oh, what the hell? Like it shouldn't like that shouldn't be a standard, right? And, and then and then you have over 50% of your workforce is disengaged at work. That's US numbers, right? Mm -hmm. So again, you have three-fourths three of the people who lead others have mental health issues. And then half of the other ones don't want to be there. So that's not a great society to live in, right? So how can you, how can you fix that? Um, and how can you, like, that's my motivation, right? How can you fix this? How can, how can you create a model that, that works better and is, is positive and, and turns this into some, you know, somewhat more manageable uh, ratios than three-fourths and 50%? And of course, the topic is executives. There's some self-selection and proclivity to psychological problems, as, as the research suggests. Yeah, I'd, I'd be curious to see uh, how much of it is uh, you start with it, or if you get it from being an executive for too long, it just turns it, it gives you so much stress. That would be, I think the, that would be an I interesting the, study. I think the research that I've seen shows that it's that's a type of people that are driven uh, for various reasons, right? But also that drive, that's um, it, it, it has to be counterbalanced somewhere else, right? 
So typically more sensitive, you know, um, for, for various, for, for various other reasons. Right. So, so that's, I mean, that's a given and it's, it, people should talk about it a little bit more, that that's what it is. Yeah. We, we don't really talk about that too much. We just look at the numbers and move on <laughs> rather yeah. than yeah. Yeah. <laughs> looking at it. Uh, well, maybe that'll be, that'll be another uh, startup that can help that uh, issue. <laughs> there are, you know, there, there are many, there are many startups that do um, like SaaS platforms that offer therapy, like video call therapy uh, mm -hmm. right now. And they, they skyrocketed during COVID, right? Because people started, oh. stopped having, you know, social interactions and, and it's, and it's in a way uh, democratizing the, uh, you know, perform part of the performance coaching that, that, that the top people could afford. Right. So I think, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. And during, uh, during the pandemic, we actually got a puppy and went to go get some training for it. And they were booked out because they were only dealing with high stress dogs. They were right. only, only accepting high need dogs. And, and so talking to other people like well the dogs are stressed out imagine how imagine how the people are doing right now right so right. That's, it's uh that was a whole level of stress but i think that's a good what you mentioned is coming out of it is democratizing and and helping have those resources that weren't really available and mass uh mm -hmm. that now you know nothing like forcing everyone to stay at home now we figure out how to do it uh through through zoom <laughs> lots of zoom calls uh, which is great. Um, so looking looking forward, right? You're you've done a hundred companies, you've launched them, valuation over a billion dollars. What are you looking forward to? What areas are you looking to make a really big impact in? There's there's a long list, but what's your mm -hmm. what are the areas that you are really wanting to focus in and work on? Yeah, two. Two, two of them. Uh, one, the model that we have right now, which is super high quality niche offering that brings new businesses to market for large organizations that typically have operators, not innovators. There's mismatch in skill set. There's mismatch in experience, um, and there's uh, and there's lack of sort of framework of how to do this. But it's one of those COVID again accelerated. Um, so th there's a need to launch things like this, right? There's a mismatch of of uh, of the teams that you have internally. Right, so scaling that, I think that's a relatively straightforward thing for us to uh, to, to focus on and do it as, as quickly as possible because the need is is, is only growing. Um, and the other thing is is just launching this the, this impact model that I described. Right, so um, and I would be the reason why I'm mentioning it even here is like happy to work with anybody who who wants to implement it in their company. Um, I was even considering doing it as a PhD, sort of to understand what are all the levers in the model. Right, so how 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 do you get the biggest mm -hmm impact how you get the biggest engagement of your uh, of, of the people internally is there a measurable financial uh, you know gain for the company or what is the financial impact in the company right those you know the the 17 minus 10 um, uh, numbers uh, so so i think we're a couple of months from launching that uh, once we figure out the financial uh, aspects of it and uh, and then trying to trying to scale that right because there's so so many positives if you're it, it, we're we're in a service industry right or, mm -hmm. or service agency business right so we can uh, like it's there's a good feeling to be able to say well this person in this particular country invested in um, gender equality or, or mental health um, through the money that they help make 
and that's good for them, but it's also good for the customer that, that works with us because then we can come to them and say, hey, because you work with us, this is what happens, right? So there's great mm-hmm. PR for them. So there's, there should be a positive wave of this, you know, across right. where, where in, these, in the places that we can touch. So it makes sense to scale that impact by scaling the company, right? So, so that's, that's sort of my way of connecting our profit to the impact that we can make. Uh, which is relatively hard in, in an agency, um, in an agency right. model, right? So yeah. it, 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 I, I, t- I take it as a first step and we'll see, uh, we'll see what we learn uh, once it's running. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have to talk because we have, we have a couple of teams and uh, yeah, it's a complicated, the accountants don't like it <laughs> when you try to do something like that. But I, I don't know any easier way to spread out, you know, what, what, profits you make, especially when you're in such a distributed team and you're, you're in way more countries than we are, but still it's a, it's a interesting problem. I, I, I look forward to seeing how you guys implement it. Love to, let's do it. Love to, <laughs> love to see how, how that goes and, and uh, how you convince the accountants to be okay with it. Other than just spending them more hours. So <laughs> that, I guess, I guess that should be a big part of the efficiency calculation as well. <laughs> yeah, let's see how to do it with less accounting hours. That would be yes. <laughs> that would be ideal, uh, for sure. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you taking your time to talk about what you're doing, what you're able to do, uh, and if anybody wants to reach out and they are wanting to launch another startup that is going to have a positive impact. What's the best way to get a hold of you and you plus and start that conversation and, and making a difference? Um, just reach out on LinkedIn or reach out on email. My email is uh, Jan, my name, Jan at Uda plus, uh, literally letter U dot B-L-U-S. Um, and that's that's the web address as well, U dot P-L-U-S. Uh, can, you can get a touch there and uh, happy to work either on a project of uh, getting a business out with you or focusing on the impact piece as well you know, to implement it in your organization, something that I'm focused on. Fantastic. Well, I will make sure there's links in the description for anybody who wants to just click on something. And yeah, really appreciate you taking your time. It was great chatting with you. Thank you as well. Thank you for inviting me.